Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. We've had 35 resurrections of the dead. The closer they are to freshly dead, the easier they are to resurrect. So I see this giant angel and I asked him his name. It's a financial company. And I realized this angel is here for our finances. And that's a true literal story, by the way. These people are charlatans. And it's about time we draw a line in the sand and stop fraternizing with the wolves. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Exalting preaching, exalting worship, dumb preaching, dumb worship. This is Wretched Radio. Very sorry that you have to endure this for a couple of reasons. First, because of the contents. Second, but because Jimmy was late for rehearsals today. So we're going to have to do it right now. Jimmy? Yes? Next time, show up on time if you'd be so kind. So we'll just have to muddle through this right now because I can't play you the song that I have stuck in my head. (laughs) This isn't an earworm. This is like an ear snake that I'm dealing with here. And it happens to be a worship song that caught my attention. I'm flipping through the YouTube machine looking for whatever pops up. Lo and behold, a new worship song. Let's just say, without saying the name of the church, that it's very elevated. Ah, I see what you did. They have worship, and I clicked on the song, (laughs) and it just plain hurt. Jimmy, we're going to reproduce the song, because if we actually played it, well, then that particular church that's so elevated would be able to cancel the YouTube video, give us a strike, and we don't want that. So we're just going to sing it together. Are you ready? I think so. Well, you're not ready yet. I've got to give you the instructions. You have one word with four syllables. One word with four syllables. It's actually only a one-syllable word, but you just have to sing it with four syllables. Your word is roar. Roar. With four four syllables? Roar. 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 Okay, I got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So now, but here, but it gets a little trickier. So every time I point at you... Uh-huh. You need to say or okay, but you need to follow my volume as you do so. Uh, right. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so the, the chorus goes like this, and tragically, I'm not exaggerating. All hail the Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Ra-o-o-or. Not ra-o-o-or. Ra-o-o-or. That's why we need a rehearsal. Okay, here we go. Take two. But it, it's okay. It's really not take two. It's just the continuation of the chorus. <laughs> Hail the Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Ra-o-o-or. You got to match my volume. Roar. Ra-o-o-or. Roar. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Roar. Or two two grown men on a stage, <laughs> and I chose that word specifically because that's what it is—an entertainment venue. They were yelling "roar" to sing about the Lion of Judah. All hail the Lion of Judah! Let the lion roar, 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 roar. <laughs> we're doing music for fifth graders, third grade. T- kindergarten children at this point second of all what exactly does it mean to let the lion roar can you translate that for me what is the i'll hail the lion of judah let the lion roar so let 
Jesus. I don't know what. Jimmy, you got a translation for that? No, no. Um, Me neither. Would you like to? Would you like to do the second chorus? If you want. No, I think we get the point. <laughs> Here's the second song. I kind of got. I kind of got hooked on this music that's so elevated. Got another rehearsal for you, Jimmy, because you were late again today. Okay. You're going to have to repeat the <laughs> these four words. Your love never fails. You might want to write those down. Your love never fails. Okay. Here we go. I'm just going to read this for you as best I can to discover why it is that worship music that gets produced out of these mega churches is so trivial, so trite, so dumb, so silly, so not exalting of Christ. Here we go. I can be real with you. Say anything and not be afraid. You made me and you like what you made. You made me and you don't make mistakes. I can be real with you. You take me just as I am. You choose me all over again. I'm the one you love. I'm the one you love. This is an air supply song. Actually, it's got, there's actually two <laughs> air supply songs in here. You take me just as I am. Just, you say you love me just as I am. You choose me all over again. I'm the one that you love. Asking for a... There's been jokes made. Is this a song about a boyfriend or is it a song about Jesus? Well, I don't think this is going to clear up the confusion when you basically are ripping off air supply lines, what they got going on here. Air <laughs> supply lines. <laughs> they are air supply lines. Hold on. I, uh, this could be a worship song right here. That, that's like Wednesday night Bible study, Sunday, Sunday evening service. Arminian. <laughs> and then, of course, you've got the classic. Big note. We'll be waiting. It's me. It's me, the real me. It's me. It's me. I know you're proud of me. Even though I don't deserve it sometimes. No, I'm not a perfect child, but I still make my father smile. So I know you're proud of me. You take me just as I am. You choose me all over again. I'm the one you love. I'm the one that you love asking for another day. Sorry. It's me. It's me. It's me. The real me. Oh, it's me. It's me. It's me. The one you see. It's me. Your love never fails. No, that's not how it goes. Oh, oh. I say your love. I pointed at you. I'm then sorry. you say your love never fails. Okay. I'm sorry. Follow along, please. I your love. It. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Your love. 
Your love never fails. Your love never fails. No, no. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. I know, and I've seen that. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. No, no. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. I've tasted and I've seen your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. You keep loving me. Your love. Your love. Your love never fails. Your Oops, that's you again. Your love never fails. Me without performance. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Me without the talents. Your love. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Um, I'm not just repeating this to be obnoxious. <laughs> I'm just reading the lyrics. It's the real me. It's the real me. Your love. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Oh, look at this. Oh, this is good. Well, I was a sinner. Christ loved me. That's that's actually decent. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Your love. Your love. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. I'm the one you love. 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 Come on, let's sing. Your love, your love never fails. And it repeats just as much as the last round. Somebody has once said, sermonettes for Christianettes. I've also heard, I think it was Steve Lawson who said that, but he also said, that the worship of the church will never rise above the level of the preaching. And I think that's why you hear such silliness coming out of these silly centers. It's because the preaching is dopey. The preaching is man-centered. The preaching is all about us. It's all about helping us to do better, feel better, act better. It's preaching that isn't. It's low, and it's silly, and it's ridiculous, and the music is reflected. Do you think that if expository preaching were happening at this elevated church, that people would be willing to sit and listen to raw, uh-uh-or, raw, uh-uh-or, raw, uh-uh-or, raw, uh-uh-or, raw, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. (laughs) Well, I think you just offended kindergartners, frankly. (laughs) There's a connection between worship and the pulpit. If the preaching is dumb, so too will be the worship music. Question, what kind of worship music you singing at your church? This is Wretched Radio. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today and get ready to take some notes because I'm about to save you from being canceled by your very own kids. Are you being a sharent? You know, the person who shares way too much about their personal life on social media. Yeah, if you're looking at the radio all crazy right now, I'm likely talking about you. But look, don't get offended. Just get better. How, you may ask? Simple. Spend less time on social media and more time at Wretched.org. You may have noticed the Wretched website recently got a facelift. And you'll find the new look easier to navigate and locate all of our amazing, yes, amazing content. Like full daily Wretched TV and radio episodes, the Wretched store is loaded with tons of new resources, and the donate page has complete information on how you can become a monthly ongoing gospel partner. So stop embarrassing your kids. Don't be a sharent. Spend your time instead at Wretched.org. It just hits different. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. This is not a taunt. It's it's more like a dare. Don't ask me how that's different than a taunt. This is a double dog dare. Please try not to support preborn.org slash wretched and give an ultrasound to a woman who is considering taking the life of her own child for just $28. When I walked in for the ultrasound and I saw my baby and I heard his heartbeat, my mind changed completely. I couldn't do that to my baby. I decided to keep it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, sorry, that would be taunting and daring. Would you please consider providing a $28 ultrasound or multiple ultrasounds through preborn.org slash wretched. I know that with support and with God by my side, I'll be able to do this, not just for me, but for my baby. Preborn.org slash wretched. I dare you not to. Important dates in Christian history. 590 A.D. Gregory becomes Pope Gregory I, known as the Great. He made treaties with Germanic tribes, independent of the emperor, and declared the Bishop of Rome's primacy over the whole church, increasing the political and spiritual power of the papacy significantly. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Whatever happened to preaching like this? This is Wretched Radio, a free grace broadcaster, Title, Christ in the Old Testament. Oh, well, this should be an interesting booklet. We are going to hear some dead preachers talk about pictures of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament that come into full frame, full technicolor, 8G, 8K, whatever it is that's the high quality thing these days. I probably should know that, shouldn't I? I think, yeah, it's, I think it's 8K now. All right. What's 4K? That's what the New Testament is. It's 8K, Jesus, crystal clear. But in the Old Testament, there's fuzzy pictures. Talk about that, by the way, in my book called Jesus Unmasked, available at wretched.org. So I start reading through, and this happens to be from George Whitfield, who was preaching on Genesis 22. You know the story. 
This is Abraham and Isaac, a father with a beloved son, going to a sacrifice. The boy carries the wood up the hill. The father prepares to kill him, and God stops him from killing his only beloved son. The next time a beloved son marched up that, we think probably the exact same hill, this time the father doesn't stop, and he crushes his only beloved son. Genesis 22 is a picture of Jesus Christ. He said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do you anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. That is a picture, fuzzy, of Jesus Christ. So I'm reading through this, and I started wondering, what happened to preaching like this? Let's let's be honest. Most evangelical churches, most, fell into a bit of a pattern. No matter what the sermon was about, no matter what the text was, they would get to the gospel, but it was basically an add-on. This was, this was like a price tag, just kind of the string attached. Oh, yeah, and if you're here today and you've never repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ, today is the day. That's been a pattern now for decades. It's still going on. And there have been preachers who have tried to adjust that to make their preaching about Jesus Christ more robust. And might I suggest we would do well to go back and listen to some dead guys preach, not on audio, but to read what dead guys preached. Because as I was reading through this, it's like, oh, wow. This makes me love the Savior more. And isn't that what preaching should do? I mean, shouldn't that, there's many goals to preaching, but shouldn't that be one of the biggies? Not just learning a bunch of information, but realizing, wow, my Savior is amazing. And maybe, just maybe, we could all learn from George Whitfield and how he preached about Jesus. This, this, this is evangelistic preaching. I grant you it was probably open air. But listen to the pleading. Listen to the passion. And listen to, to the exalted presentation of Jesus Christ. I can't read it like Whitfield because I don't have the accent, nor can I be as loud as him. I mean, I can roar but probably not as loud as Whitfield. I didn't point at you. So I, I was waiting. I was waiting. All right, here's a question for you. I'm going to point to you. Raw, uh, uh, no, or... That's your love never fails oh, point. God, yeah. It's mm. the different point. you got to keep up with the pointing. <sighs> Think, oh, believers. Think of the love of God in giving Jesus Christ to be a propitiation for our sins. And when you hear how Abraham built an altar, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood, think how your heavenly Father bound Jesus Christ, his only son, and offered him up upon the altar of his justice. He laid upon Jesus the iniquities of us all. When you read of Abraham stretching forth his hand to slay his son, think, oh, think how God actually suffered his son to be slain, that we might live forever. Do you read Isaac carrying the wood upon his shoulders upon which he was to be offered? Let this lead you to Mount Calvary. 
and take a view of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, bearing and ready to sink under the weight of that cross on which he was to hang for us. Do you admire Isaac so freely consenting to die, though a creature and therefore obliged to go when God called? Oh, do not forget to admire infinitely more the dear Lord Jesus, the promised seed, who willingly said, Lo, I come, though under no obligation to do so, to do thy will, to obey and die for men, O God. Hebrews 10.9 Did you weep just now? When I bid, bid you fancy, you saw the altar, the wood laid in order, and Isaac laid bound on the altar. Look by faith, behold the blessed Jesus, our all-glorious Emmanuel, not bound but nailed on in a cursed tree. See how he hangs crowned with thorns. See how the thorns pierce him, how the blood in purple streams trickled down his sacred temples. Hark how the God of nature groans. See how he bows his head, and at length humanity gives up the ghost. Question, when was the last time you heard a sermon that dwelt this long on the crucifixion of Jesus? Now, not every gospel presentation needs to be a focus on the crucifixion per se. I think it needs to be part of the contents. But where's the the preaching about Jesus that causes us to go, amazing? It was just amazing. He did this, he did that, he did this for this end. The preaching that elicits an amazing response about an amazing Savior, it just seems to be so lacking these days. Whitfield isn't done. Isaac is saved, but Jesus, the God of Isaac, dies A ram is offered up in Isaac's place, but Jesus has no substitute. Jesus must bleed. Jesus must die. God the Father provided this lamb for himself from all eternity. He must be offered in time or man must be damned forevermore. And now, where are your tears? Shall I say, refrain your voice from weeping? No, rather let me exhort you to look to him whom you have pierced and mourn, as a woman mourns her firstborn, for we have been the betrayers. We have been the murderers of this Lord of glory. And shall we not bewail these sins that brought the blessed Jesus to the accursed tree? He, having done so much, suffered so much for us, forgiven so much, Shall we not love much? Oh, let us love him with all of our hearts, mind, and strength, and let us glorify him in our souls and bodies, for they are his. So with every head bowed and... No, that's not what he said at all. This is the sermon that he preached, open-air style, and people got saved. I wonder if that's why we don't see as many coming to the cross because we aren't lifting it up very much. We aren't exalting it very highly and making our Savior look amazing. There's always a delicate line that needs to be considered. We want to make sure that as we 
talk about how wonderful Jesus is, that we don't cross the line of offering the fruits as a draw card unto salvation, that we simply lift up Jesus so that people love him, not the stuff that he's done, but so that they love him, not the things that he provided in his work, but because they love him. We've got to be aiming for that. And it seems that somehow we've lost this Whitfieldian, can you say it that way? I just did, Whitfieldian manner of preaching about Jesus in a prolonged kind of way. Pastor, may I ask you a question? Are you lifting up Jesus? When you say amen, do people love the Savior more than they did before you started? If not, then, sir, I would simply encourage you to consider George Whitfield and to go back and read these dead guys. There's there's just a ton of them. Whitfield, he does it again at the end of the booklet. For some reason, they've got two. It's called Christ Our Righteousness. Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord Our Righteousness. So he's preaching from Jeremiah 23, 6. You know, the not-to-be-unhitched Old Testament, and he exalts Christ. Let's try to aim for that standard. And if we and if we can do that, I'm telling you, our, our people will love Jesus more. They'll become holier and more sanctified. They'll become more loving and tender. They'll become more giving and gracious. We all will benefit, Pastor. If you would please show us Christ, because we really, really need him. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. On a new Wall Street Journal poll that was recently released shows that 48% of Americans are in favor of abortion bans after 15 weeks, and that's not coming from one specific political party. Those are actual numbers coming from both sides of the aisle. The Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs case from Mississippi cannot come soon enough. In a recent study conducted by a professor at the University of Oxford, disputes claims that are made that say legalizing baby murder actually saves women's lives. This research concludes what common sense already informs us, and that's that legalizing abortion has resulted in a massive increase in the number of abortions without any appreciable decrease in abortion mortality or maternal mortality. Again, that Supreme Court decision cannot come soon enough. The British National Omnium Bicycle Race, which took place this past weekend, almost didn't take place because Zach Bridges, who is transgender, was being allowed to compete in the women's race. But it didn't go as planned. The actual women set to compete in the event threatened to boycott the race. And since you can't have a race with just one person, the UCL, that's cycling's governing body, they backtracked on Zach and ruled him ineligible. And while I applaud the efforts of the women to take back what's rightfully theirs, I just hate that it actually has to be done in the first place. If you haven't heard by now, Elon Musk is making moves to fix Twitter, not just by threatening to create a rival platform, but instead the richest man in the world just went and bought a 9.2% stake in Twitter, making him the largest shareholder by a long shot. 
It's really going to be entertaining watching how this plays out because Twitter employees stand to make quite a bit of money with Musk at the company's head, so they like that. But Musk also plans to make changes and promote free speech on the platform, and they don't like that. I foresee a lot of parents' basements about to be mangled. Well, here's a kid-friendly summer camp you can sign your kids up for if you live in the Seattle area. For your 12 to 18-year-olds, the Museum of Pop Culture is going to be hosting a Dragtastic summer camp where campers will have the opportunity to investigate drag history and also create their very own drag personas. Wow, that is just what I've always wanted for my 12-year-old son. A place he can go and learn about hair and makeup and wear dresses and be fierce. Stop it. Young men need to learn how to be men. Stop grooming children and confusing them with trash like this. Men don't wear makeup. They don't wear dresses. They work. They provide. They protect. The downfall of society is in front of us. And if we don't do something about it now, our kids are going to be ruined. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Esther is the story of a Jewish woman who becomes Queen of Persia. After a plot to destroy the Jews is uncovered, Esther risks her life to save her people. She appeals to the king who kills the conspirators and allows the Jews to defend themselves. When you face persecution, remember God is able to save his people through all kinds of circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And convicting preaching. We need some convicting preaching. This is Wretched Radio. If you will grant me a little bit of leeway. Normally, it's not a great idea to just read a bunch of stuff on talk radio. It's kind of a talk radio show no-no rule. Nevertheless, George Whitfield's sermon about the Lord, our righteousness, is one of those sermons that I think we would do well to listen to delivered from the man himself. I'll just do my impersonation of him, because this is preaching that is actually convicting. It actually has some uh, inside of it. And incidentally, convicting preaching doesn't need to be uh, in order to be convicting. Was listening to an Alistair Begg sermon. I'll have to go find this bad boy. It was it was awfully good. And he was he was talking about the transformation that takes place in the life of a true believer. And he started to address kids. It 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 must have been Mother's Day when he preached this sermon because he said something I'm paraphrasing pretty wildly here, but so you're you're you've got Mother's Day coming up. And you realize how horrible you've been treating your mother. So now you feel like you better go get a a gift to make it good. Well, you should, you little rascal. You shouldn't be disobedient. You should be grateful for the parents that God gave to you. Now, he was saying it in his nice Alistair Begg kind of way. But I'm telling you, if you were a kid sitting there, even though little levity by calling them little rascals, um, it had a little bit of, Oh, I have not been treating my parents rightly. So convicting preaching doesn't need to sound like you are a really bad open-air preacher, which, by the way, oh, I don't know if I've got that, but I received an email. Hold on. I think I've got it here. Wait, I, I got it here. Don't you worry. You're listening to the most organized Christian radio program on this station at this time. Here it is, right? <laughs> People are funny. 
That's all I'm going to say. People are just plain funny. This is a fellow who's a professor at a university. I'm not going to say which one it is because I don't want the fellow to get into any trouble. But he's talking about the preachers that come to campus and who just rail on the kids. And they call the kids names. And one of the names was uh, W-H-O-R-E. I think I know those open air preachers are. They try to provoke, but that's all they do. They just yell at kids. They just taunt them. And they just speak to them so condescendingly and unpastorally. Okay, so you're doing open-air preaching and you watch a young lady walk by that's scantily clad. Yeah, calling her that word is really going to bring her into the kingdom. How's about engaging her? How's about speaking something that arrests her attention, that draws her in? By the way, I am so pumped about this. I hope this works out. I'm going to be in Los Angeles, California in a few weeks. And we had a little bit of free time, and we happened to have a camera crew with. So I contacted one Ray Comfort, and I said, "Um, hey, how would you like to go out to the Santa Monica Pier and do some witnessing in open air? And he said, no. But I'll go to Huntington Beach. That's my fishing hole. Okay, fine, whatever. Their piers all look the same to me in California. So Ray and I are going to go out together to uh, Huntington Beach to the pier there and do some open-air preaching. If if we come up with a time and we're going to be there, we'll let you know. And you can maybe gather around, help us draw a crowd, because that's always a bit of a trick in open-air preaching. And hopefully you'll hear preaching that's a little better than calling somebody that name. And by the way, the professor said, what do I say to these kids who come to me wounded because they've been assaulted by an open air preacher? What do you say to somebody who's been treated poorly like a, by a Christian, supposedly a Christian? I think, I think what we say is, I'm so sorry. Uh, that's just not Christianity. That is, that's, that's not love. That was hate. And Jesus commands us to love one another. Because he expressed his love to us by dying for us sinners. The last thing we should be doing is hating sinners when Jesus loved us while we were yet sinning. I am sorry. I might think about getting them a gift to boot to show some Christian kindness to balance out the cruelty that they receive from an open-air preacher. Open air can have zest. It can have fire. It can be convicting, but it doesn't have to. No, it can't be nasty. George Whitfield, in a booklet from Free Grace Broadcaster titled Christ in the Old Testament, gives some of this convicting preaching. Permit me to read it if you'd be so kind. For if the word Lord may properly belong to Jesus Christ, he must be God. For as you have it in the margins of your Bible, the word Lord is in the original Jehovah, which is the title of God himself. Come then, Kiss the Son of God, bow down before him, and honor him, even as you honor the Father, you Arians. (laughs) Addressing an ancient heresy that that Jesus Christ, the, the mingling of the deity of Jesus Christ, they didn't think that he was God. Learn from the angels, those morning stars, and worship him as truly God, for otherwise you are as much idolaters as those who worship the Virgin Mary. That's convicting preaching. And as for you, Socinians, so take 
Arianism, Nestorianism, Docetism, put it into a bowl, swirl it around, add a bunch of other heretical glop, and you have Socinianism. It was a mess in the time of the Reformation. As for you Socinians who say Christ was a mere man, and yet profess that he was your Savior, according to your own principles, you are accursed. For if Christ be a mere man, then he is only an arm of flesh. And it is written, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and makes flesh his arm. That would be your Jeremiah 17.5. But I would hope there are no such monsters here. At least that after these considerations, they would be ashamed of breaching such monstrous absurdities anymore. For by the word Lord, we are introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ, who here takes to himself the title Jehovah. And there must be very God, a very God, as the apostle devoutly expresses it, God blessed forever. So we tackled a couple of heresies. Encourage people that if you believe like the Socinians, you're a monster. And then lifted up Jesus Christ for them to run to him. It is time, said Whitfield as he preached, for me to come a little closer to your conscience. Give me leave to ask you one question. Can you say the Lord our righteousness? And I say the Lord our righteousness for entertaining this doctrine is in your hands without receiving the Lord Jesus Christ savingly by a lively faith into your hearts will but increase your damnation. As I have often told you, so I tell you again, an unapplied Christ is no Christ at all. Can you then, with believing Thomas, cry out, My Lord and my God, is Christ your sanctification as well as your outward righteousness? For the word righteousness in the text not only implies Christ's personal righteousness imputed to us, but also his holiness of heart wrought in us. These two God hath joined together. He never did. He never does. He never will put them asunder. If you are justified by the blood, you are also sanctified by the Spirit of our Lord. Do you hear preaching like that these days? Probing? Confrontational? Can be done lovingly. But this is a stern call to salvation. Can you then, in this sense, say the Lord our righteousness? Were you never made to abhor yourselves for your actual and original sins and to loathe your own righteousness? As filthy rags, were you never made to see and admire the all-sufficiency of Christ's righteousness and excited by the Spirit of God to hunger and thirst after it? Could you ever say, my soul thirsts for Christ? He's setting a high bar, isn't he? Those who come unto Jesus Christ, they come lowly, and they exalt him as the lofty one. Was this, I say, ever the language of your hearts? And after these inward conflicts, were you ever enabled to reach out the arm of faith and embrace the blessed Jesus in your souls? Oh, my Brethren, alas, my heart almost bleeds. What a magnitude of precious souls are now before me. How shortly must all be ushered into eternity. And yet, O oh, cutting thought, was God now to require all your souls, how few, comparatively speaking, could really say the Lord our righteousness. And think you, O oh, sinners, 
that you will be able to stand in the day of judgment if Christ be not your righteousness. No, that alone is the wedding garment in which you must appear. O Christless sinners, I am distressed for you. The desires of my soul are enlarged. Oh, that this may be an accepted time. Oh, that the Lord may be your righteousness. Permit me to step away from the diatribe on convicting preaching and ask you, can you say the Lord our righteousness? If not, don't delay. You may not have another opportunity. This is Wretched Radio. I could spend the next 60 seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio airs on over 820 Christian radio stations, or Wretched TV appears on 125 Christian TV stations. I could tell you that the Wretched Radio podcast has had nearly 5 million downloads in the last year, or the Wretched YouTube channel has had nearly 125 million all-time views. But I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for your continued support that has helped us reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel. Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, and our newest production, Transformed, are all possible because of the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you please prayerfully consider becoming one? We rely on your kindness and your generosity and your ongoing prayers. Visit wretched.org slash donate to get all of the details. That's wretched.org slash donate, or you can text the word wretched to the number 44321. There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the needs of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground, the Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to children evangelism, learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. We've been telling you for well over a year that our newest production, Transformed, would be coming soon. We can finally say that Season 1 of Transformed is available now at Wretched.org and will also be airing on Christian TV networks all over the country. Transformed is like nothing else on Christian TV. You'll have the opportunity to be a fly on the wall and witness real biblical counseling sessions with real people that struggle with OCD, substance abuse, grief, self-harm, anxiety, pain, lack of assurance, and more. You'll be shocked and encouraged at not only the Bible's ability to pinpoint a believer's struggle, but also offer powerful solutions. Not years of weekly visits or the band-aid of medication, but real biblical solutions. With the help of Dr. Greg Gifford and Dr. Dale Johnson, you will witness people go from brokenness to wholeness. Transformed like nothing else on Christian TV and available now at wretched.org. And don't forget the study guide. That's wretched.org. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. 
Jesus is called the friend of sinners. While we were dead in our sins and condemned as enemies, Jesus bore our sins in himself so we could be reconciled to the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Think of this as a makeup. This is Wretched Radio. This is to try to counterbalance the horrific first segment you heard today on Wretched Radio. As we tried to sing some contemporary worship music, as we tried to sing some contemporary worship music, as we tried to sing some contemporary worship music, as we tried to sing, somebody stop me! (laughs) Was it me? Get caught and repeat right there. So hopefully this will balance the scales a little bit. George Whitfield, preaching a couple of hundred years ago, I think has some lessons to teach us. I wonder, I just wonder, if the reason that so many Christians experience kind of a flatlining of their walk with the Lord is because that we don't preach the way that we used to. And I'm and I'm I'm actually thinking about conservative circles. I'm I'm not thinking about the wackadoodle churches. I'm talking about good churches where we have a tendency to do a download dump of doctrine. But do we lift up Jesus Christ? Do we remind people of how amazing he is and the love that God has for us by sending his son? I I can't help but wonder if that's why I receive so many emails that say, I just feel cold. I I, I mean, I'm, I keep doing the stuff, but it just it just feels flat. First of all, let's recognize emotions do not lead your Christian walk, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't address them when they appear to be a little bit on the chilly side. Address them, consider them, find out what the problem is, fix it, but don't anticipate that you need to be riding a spiritual high as if you're going to some manipulative worship concert where the music is repetitious, where the music is repetitious, where the music is repetitious. That's what those concerts are about, getting people a motive to really feel it, to try to give them a supercharge so that they don't run out of battery juice before the end of the week or the next big concert. Preaching should aid us in our fervor for the Lord, and we don't want to fall into another ditch where we stop preaching doctrine, but maybe just maybe if all we're consuming is doctrine, and nothing that lifts up Christ. I wonder if that's why so many are a bit on the on the blue side of Christianity. Permit me to share with you from George Whitfield, preaching in a sermon from Free Grace broadcaster Christ in the New Testament. This sermon was presented in, well, he lived between 1714 and 1770, talking about Jeremiah 23, 6, the Lord our righteousness. Uh, here we go. For where would you flee if death should find you naked? Indeed, there is no hiding yourselves from God's presence. The pitiful fig leaves of your own righteousness will not cover your nakedness when God shall call you to stand before him. Adam found them ineffectual, and so will you. Think of death. Think of judgment, yet a little while, and time shall be no more. And then what will become of you if the Lord be not your righteousness? What happened to preaching like this? 
I'm telling you, preaching some fire and brimstone, it does ignite the emotions because it, it, it's, it startles us again to not just our total depravity, but God's amazing grace. Where is the correctly delivered, properly phrased, hellfire preaching, fire and brimstone? It's coming. Why aren't we passionate about it? You'd like to memorize this sermon, wouldn't you? Back to George Whitfield. No, he that formed you will have no mercy on you. If you are out of Christ, if Christ be not your righteousness, Christ himself will pronounce you damned. And can you bear to think of being damned by Christ? Can you bear to hear the Lord Jesus say to you, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels? Can you live, think you, in everlasting burnings? Is your flesh brass and your bones iron? And what if they are? Hellfire. That fire prepared for the devil and his angels will heat them through and through. And can you bear to depart from Christ? Oh, that heart-piercing thought. How are your affections? Hmm? How are you doing in your walk? Is it a bit perfunctory? May I ask, are you hearing preaching like this? And may I ask, are you considering these things much? Have you maybe fall into the didactic ditch? You just love teaching. You could sit and read a systematic theology book from cover to cover and be tickled pink. Maybe you need to put it down and spend time thinking about what you know to be true, especially if you're flatlined. It, it, it will get you ticking again. George Whitfield helping us do just that. He continues, Christ himself, the God of love, shall condemn you to that place of torment. And oh, how cutting is that thought. Methinks I see poor, trembling, Christless wretches standing before the bar of God, crying out, Lord, if we must be damned, let some angel or some archangel pronounce damnation on us as our sentence, but all in vain. Christ himself shall pronounce the irrevocable sentence, knowing therefore the terrors of the Lord. Let me persuade you to close with Christ and never rest until you can say, The Lord our righteousness, who knows but the Lord may have mercy on, nay, abundantly pardon you. Beg of God to give you faith. And if the Lord give you that, you will by it receive Christ with his righteousness and his all. You need not fear the greatness or number of your sins. For are you sinners? So am I. Are you the chief of sinners? So am I. Are you backsliding sinners? So am I. And yet the Lord, forever adored, be his rich, free, and sovereign grace. The Lord is my righteousness. Come then, O young men. That's, a, that's a, uh, a really good thing to do if you're a preacher. Don't call out somebody by name. Call them out by demographic. Oh, young men, are you living in your parents' home? College students, newlyweds, 
single young men, single young women, old men, old, old women, busy fathers and mothers, listen. And it, it startles somebody into attention. After all, didn't Paul do this? No, Tim, uh, yeah, Paul did it to Timothy. He addresses young men, old men, women, act like this. It gets the attention, doesn't it? Come then, O young men, as I acted once myself, are playing the prodigal and wandering away afar from your heavenly Father's house. Come home, come home, and leave your swine's trough. Feed no longer on the husks of sensual delights. For Christ's sake, arise and come home. Your heavenly Father now calls you. See yonder the best robe. Even the righteousness of his dear Son awaits you. See it. View it again and again. Consider how dear a rate it was purchased even by the blood of God. Consider what great need you have of it. You are lost, undone, damned forever without it. Mm. Mm. Is it scary preaching? Yeah. But I, I, I have to tell you, I find this joyous preaching and comforting preaching. I've been saved from all of that. I've been saved from all of that. Come then, poor guilty prodigals. Come home. Indeed, I will not, like the elder brother, be angry. I will rejoice with the angels in heaven. And, oh, that God would now bow the heavens and come down. Descend, O Son of God, descend. As you have shown in me such mercy, O let the Spirit apply thy righteousness to some prodigals now before you and clothe their naked souls with thy best robe. So with every head bowed and Every eye closed. No, he didn't continue that way. That's the end of the sermon. Lift it up, Jesus. Can there ever be a sermon that doesn't do that? Um, no, no, it's not a sermon. Let, let, let's remember the definition of a sermon. There's many attributes of a genuine sermon, but Christ is most certainly one of them. And if, if a sermon doesn't uh, have Christ at the center of it, somehow, then, then you, you need to rethink how you're preaching. Even from the Old Testament, which is what this booklet is about, by the way, this, this, is, this is Whitfield preaching about Christ in the Old Testament. From 1760-something, can be done, should be done, must be done. Pastor, are you doing it? Fellow believer, are you hearing it? If not... Don't just study, meditate on how amazing Jesus is. And until tomorrow, go serve your King. <laughs>